Well, hello, 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 and welcome to Sisters You Have Value Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tolliver, and I'm super excited to be here with you today. Happy Friday, happy Friday. This podcast was created for women because we believe in the power of sisterhood and unity, and we strive to build a community where women can share their passions, learn from each other's experiences, and support each other on their journey. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Sisters You Have Value. If you are a new listener, thank you so much for coming to hang out with us, and we pray you come back for more. Please give us a like, share, and follow. Tell a friend. If you are a returning listener, thank you so much for being on this awesome journey with us, and we pray you continue to come back. All right, grab your coffee, tea, drink, wine, milk, whatever it is, and let's grab a seat and get into it, get into it. I wanted to talk today about something, of course, you know, is near and dear to my heart, something that I believe that the world is changing, and and we do see changes, things that we thought we'd never see in our lifetimes, things that we never thought that we would be around to see, and, and that is talking about God, Americans who want faith, but not a church. So, and I see that we're taking church out of everything. We're taking God out of everything. We don't celebrate this. We don't do that. But the world is going more and more the opposite direction. Of course, now let me let me tell you so we don't get it twisted. His word will never return to him void. He said heaven and earth will pass, but his word will never. So we do know the church will return. But things that we're seeing now, it, 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 if you have a love for Christ, it, it would hurt the heart. It's pricking at your heartstrings like, Lord, because there are some things we can do and some things we can't. And we just consent, uh, continue to disciple and, and, and mentor to the people and, and tell them about God. So we still can do those things because we are in Christ. So this man, Kern Beer, he's a masshead member from Mountain View, California, believes in God and studies the teachings of Jesus. But does he identify with a particular religion? Never, he said. The structure and rigidity of a church, he believes, is antithetical to everything Jesus represents. So instead of attending services, he meditates every morning. So Americans are leaving organized religion, y'all, in droves. They disagree with their churches on political issues. They feel restricted by the dogma. They are deserting formal organizations of all kinds, formal organizations of all kinds. So instead of atheism, though, they're moving toward an identity captured by the term, quote unquote, spirituality, but not religious. So approximately 64 million Americans, one in five, identify as spiritual, but not religious or SBNR. They, like beer, reject organized religion, but maintain a belief in something larger than themselves. That something, quote unquote, can range from Jesus to art to music and poetry. There's often yoga involved. And see, that's what the devil is a lot. How you got Jesus in a sentence with art, music, and poetry and yoga? Really? And so the word church to them, you know, well, the church means you need to put on uncomfortable shoes. Not to them. Sit up straight and listen to, that's what they think listen to boring old-fashioned hymns. Uh, another gentleman named Matthew Hestrom, he's a professor of religion at the University of Virginia. Spirituality is seen as a larger, freer arena to explore big questions. Because over 92% of religiously affiliated Americans currently identify as Christian, but 
spiritual but not religious people come from that tradition. So the term SBNR took off in the early 2000s, even though we didn't see it as much as we see it today. When online dating became popular, uh, you had to identify by religion. So you had to check a box. And this man said the spiritual but not religious became a nice category. I'm, he said he's not some kind of cold-hearted atheist, but I'm not some kind of moralizing prudish person either. I'm nice, friendly, and spiritual, but not religious. So another young lady in her 40s said, I thought that if there was any sort of God out there, then he wouldn't have let what's happened happen to me and my family and other people that have been through similar experiences. He wouldn't have taken somebody that really made a good contribution to the world and left somebody, you know, caused so much disruption and heartache and, you know, problems. And so I suppose I just went against religion completely. It just literally finished it off for me and made me think, right, okay, I do not believe that there is any sort of God out there. But I had a belief in karma and in a sense of what goes around comes around. And there's got to be a turning point for me somewhere. And something good has got to come out of all of this. I can't let, you know, let all of this dictate my future for me. That's what she said. So now people also believe religion is often entirely determined by your parents. Um, and that can be central to how others see you and how you see yourself. So imagine Hedstrom, uh, he, pre he pro preferred, he said, if you... If from time to time, from the time you were born, your parents told you that you were an Italian Catholic living in the Italian Catholic neighborhood in Philly, you would you wouldn't wake up every morning wondering, who am I or what should I believe? That would already have been decided based off your parents. So young people today are selecting the kinds of community that fit their values rather than adhering to their parents' choices. And I'm going to throw something in right there. Sometimes the parents don't have choices because you don't go to church. Sometimes the parents are not pushing it because you let your children be too independent. Sometimes you'll get up and go take your butt to church, but you'll leave them children at home sleep because they're tired. They've been up all night to two, three in the morning. I'll hit you slap top of your head and, and wish and dare you go to sleep in church. Oh, the devil is a lie. You're going to sit right up in there. You're going to hurt till you leave. That's my belief. Mine only. That's, it. That's simply Kim's belief. So um, I'm putting that out there. So spiritual is also a term that people like to use. Another professor said who studied psychology of religion at uh, Bowling Green State University. It has all of the positive connotations of having a life with meaning, a life with some sacredness to it. You have some depth to who you are as a human being. But as a spiritual person, you're not blindly accepting a faith passed down from your parents. But you're also not completely rejecting the possibility, quote unquote, of a higher power. Because the term spiritual encompasses so much, it can sometimes be adopted by people most uh, considered atheists. So while the stigma around atheism is generally less intense than it used to be in certain communities, uh, to say you're an atheist is still to say you hate, you know, so it's taboo, but everybody believes that the spiritual side can be open-minded and not so defensive if you say I'm spiritual. See, it doesn't come with the kind of baggage that saying I'm an atheist comes with. So 
Another person in their 40s said people with spiritual beliefs sometimes acknowledge that people may never actually find out the reasons behind their suffering. Depression could seem senseless and cause them to distrust God. Yet one woman who had little faith in God believed that by the laws of karma, things would have to get better for her and what she endured since her childhood. And, and she did subsequently have many fortunate experiences. It's also worth noting that a number of people with or without spiritual beliefs felt they had changed for the better, having gone through long and horrendous experience of depression. So see, even when you coin depression with spirituality with God, uh, I told someone before, when you think of in terms of the suicidal rate, if I'm in the world and all I have is the world and my suicidal thoughts come from the things around me because my happiness is predicated on where I am. Happiness is predicated on what your current circumstances are. So if I don't have uh, anything that I believe in above that, what do I have to turn around those thoughts? What can I believe in? Who can I run to when I'm just like the world? So when somebody ends their life, they feel like there is no hope. There is nothing else left. There is nothing left for them to do but kill themselves. And if you don't believe, you don't believe in nothing after this anyway, which is so disheartening. Because every knee going to bow. Everybody got to stand before. Whether you believe him or not, I'm not going to say, is there possibly a God? There is one. And I'll tell you another reason. Man couldn't have never created this. Never. You know why? Because you're so greedy. Man is so greedy. He'd have never left this place. Talk to Steve Jobs about that when he was on his deathbed, dying from pancreatic cancer and all the money in the world can't save him. You start looking at life a little bit different. Things start to mean a little bit more to you and some things mean less to you because I got so much time left. If man created this, He'd be here forever to enjoy the fruits of his labor. He'll be here forever to enjoy, never to give it to anybody but himself. Because we're selfish. So, you know, y'all know I get passionate. <laughs> Sorry. But people who struggle with faith, embracing the word spiritual, might also leave a crucial door open. So the mass head member Hugh calls himself spiritual, but sees the designation as more of a hope or a wish than a true faith. I hope there's more to this wonderful world than random chemistry. Nonetheless, I do see all of that as an illusion. That does not stop me from seeking something as close to what I wish for as I'm able to find. So in his class, he teaches spirituality in America. He tells his students that the spiritual but not religious de designation is about seeking rather than dwelling searching for something you believe in rather than accepting something that while comfortable and familiar doesn't feel quite right to you so in the process of traveling around reading books and experimenting with new rituals he said you can find your identity out there hmm you know and that's scary because you tell them to go on a journey what happens if they get to the end of the journey and find nothing and all hope is lost because they have nothing that they found but a dead end. Everybody won't journey the same. Everybody won't hit that beaten path like that. 
some get stuck along the way into those circumstances, into those hard breakups, into those things that they can't get past over under because they don't have a God that they can pray to to tell their problems how big their God is. He said, cast your cares on me. I go to sleep every night not worried about what I got going on because I know there's a God that's big enough to handle it. He created us. And I mean, it says in the Bible that all things work together for good for those that love God. And that's kind of one that's a verse that's easy to spout out every, you know, when everything is hunky dory. But when you're going through, it's a tough one. And then I know when I'm really sick, you know, I was saying, to, I don't know what you're trying to teach me by this, God, but just tell me, tell me the song and I'll sing it. You know, um, why did we have to go through this? What do you want me to learn from this, Lord God? Whatever it is, tell me, I'll learn it, you know. And sometimes after that, the person that said these things says she realized that what I felt God wanted me to learn most was what it feels like to be clinically depressed from five years for five years, because that has been a very helpful thing to sometimes share with people in the right setting. So, you know, a lot of times we go through things and we don't know, we don't understand, but God sees the end before the beginning. He already know how this thing is going to turn out. That's why nothing surprises him. But I tell people all the time, does it feel good while we're in it? Absolutely not. But God, give me the strength. And I want to, Lord, help me to learn the lesson in it, Lord, so I don't repeat it. Some of us go through seasons and seasons on seasons where we should have been through with it. Lord, help us. And help thou my unbelief. So, you know, um, we can go through horrendous periods of our lives where we look at suicide and think it's a good option. We look at everything and think I'm not, I've got nothing to lose and, 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 and anything and you can't come through it. You got a job now that you could never do. You still get a kick when you see a new client. It's so many things um, that we do. Another person said, I think because it depends on how you look on praying. A lot of people find praying, they think you've got to do something really intelligent and you got to have some special way of praying, but is it? It's all about talking to God as if you were talking to your friend or your dad, your mom, you know, whoever. And it's just about being you when you talk to him. He knows everything about us already. But she also said it's about talking to him as if you were sitting right next to him. And she thinks until you actually realize that that's what praying is all about, talking to your friend who Jesus is your friend. And there isn't anything you can tell him that he doesn't already know, but he wants you to say it yourself. It's a bit like therapy, she supposes. So it's, it's one of those things that's so near and dear. But I, like I said, that's the breakdown. When you look at the women and they're half naked, when you look at the women and I don't need a man, when you look at these women who's just as trifling or worse than a man out here, you've got to wonder, girl, where, where are you getting your information from? And the thing about it, y'all, and the reason this is so important and paramount for me, the reason why I'm talking about it so much, you will pop right on social media because you people don't understand the mind is, is a beautiful thing. But if that mind is weak, if I have no hope, if I have not studied, if I have not prayed, if I have not learned anything, anything that tickle your ears, you'll fall for. And the devil knows just where you are. You know why? Because you talk too much. See, he's not omnipotent. He's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at all times. But what we speak, 
and then you solidify it by speaking it, and then it comes to, see, I told you. See, the world called it karma, karma, as you say, but the Bible called it reaping and sowing. But the power of life and death is in the tongue, and they there love it. That love will eat the fruit thereof. So you also have to be mindful in what you say to yourself. We've talked about words before. It's a powerful thing. But I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. It greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. My God will supply all of my needs according to my riches and glory. And by the stripes that were laid on Jesus' back, I'm healed. I'm healthy. I'm whole. I got a God who is so big. He's bigger than these problems. He's bigger than these circumstances. And I will always lean and depend on him. So, you know, when you get into that, when you get into the homes, you look at this post-world, even after Roe versus Wade, you look at all of these things where everybody got a, 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 a an opinion I can have an opinion, you know, on abortions, on, on LGBTQRSP, LMNOC, whatever, you know, you got all of these things. But are we God-centered or are we self-centered? Psalms 20 and 7 say, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ, of the Lord our God. So if you have a God-centered life, you got to focus your lives around God's purposes and ways, not your own plans and schemes. So we got to seek to see things from his perspective, not our own incomplete and distorted viewpoint. So for now, we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. That's in 1 Corinthians 13 and 12. So living a God-centered life simply means that we deny ourselves. That's our sinful nature and seek only to do God's will then God can accomplish his purposes through us, which will also yield great blessings as we walk in the light and in the spirit. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. So if I live a God-centered life, my life is spoken on God's will and purposes. If I live a self-centered life, my life is spoken on, I focus on my own needs and desires. So the results of a self-centered life blocks God. Because it's me, 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 I, 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 what I got, what, look what I did, look what I accomplished, look at all these degrees. Baby, you can have more degrees than a thermometer, but you better realize who allow these things. All things belong to God. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's Matthew 6, You got to remember those things will be added. Sometimes the devil give you stuff too, don't get it twisted. So if I have a God-centered life, my confidence in God is in God. If I have a self-centered life, I'm self-reliant. But but the results of a self-centered life equals worry. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, nor about your body, what you'll put in it. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Matthew 6, 25, and then it's in 32. If I have a God-centered life, my dependence is in God. If I have a self-centered life, I'm independent. And if the results of self-centered life is futility, let him not trust in futile things, deceiving himself, for futility will be his reward. Job 15.31. So, you know, I just want you to be able to get it because there's so much going on, so many things that are happening in the world as a result of our own knowledge and stuff. Sometimes you can know too much and be dumb. You know, knowledge is only knowledge when applied. 
You'll go read every self-help book. You'll go listen to every nut on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and he sounds good and is prickling your ears because you've allowed the devil a foothold into your life to stir you up to, like he said, go learn something else. Let's experiment, but you better pray on those things. Lord, if this is not right, Lord, if it's not in your good and perfect will, Lord, I rebuke anything that's coming into my life and my ears. That's why you got to guard your ear gate. You got to guard your eye gate. You got to guard your mouth gate. You got to guard those things. You're not as smart as you think. None of us are. We have to have a full dependence on God. And people think it's just a hard thing. Are you seeing the stuff that's happening? William Murphy. Y'all real deal playing a swag, swag, whatever, goose swag song in church. And you telling people 150 got saved. The devil is a lie. 150 might have bankhead bounced or a pop rock and drop, stop lock, whatever, and roll down that aisle. But I can promise you 150 wasn't saved. You gave them the, you just gave them a ticket and a pass to go. I'm still good. I can still be like I want to be because the church looked like the world now and I don't have to change. That's what you told them. But but run that real deal thing when they come back the next Sunday. Run real God stuff. They ain't coming back because, see, they're going to think you're going to play another rap song. Dietrich hadn't agreed to that and saying we got to be able to grab the church, the world, and bring them. No, no, no. God never said conform to the world. Do not conform to the world. We are uh, not of the world. We in the world, but we're not of the world. So how are you going to do worldly things to get them into the church? You've changed everything. He said his word will never return to him void. Don't take to it and don't add from it. He didn't say add uh, rap. What are they saying? Holes and in every other word in there. He didn't say that. Stop lying. And if I have to do that, that's not discipleship. You are not winning souls to Christ. They just coming. And some of y'all preachers, to be honest, y'all just want the money. That's why you don't want to tell somebody about that. You don't want to offend people. You don't want to offend them about homosexuality because the word speaks against it. You don't want to offend them about fornication and adultery because all you helpers want to be a side chick. You are a whore. You're not a side chick. You're a whore. He has a wife. And it's not cute. I promise you, it's not cute. This is a grown podcast. It's for women. Lord, forgive me, but y'all love what you are. Um, <laughs> if I'm God-centered, my dependence is on God, like I said. But if I'm God-centered, I'm denying self. But if I'm self-centered, I'm obsessing about myself. And guess what that results in? Loss. If anyone decides, if, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whoever desires to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it for what profits a man to gain this whole world and lose his soul or what will a man give in exchange for his soul is your soul for sale Matthew 16 24 through 26 is your soul for sale how much are you willing to give up for a little bit of money some of y'all don't have to do much but a chicken box. Some of y'all don't have to do much but get your hair and nails done and you real deal thinking it's that. Y'all don't want to go to Cheesecake Factory. You want to go to Ruth Chris and you think that deserves a sex? Girl, sit down with your trifling tail. If I'm God-centered, I have an outward focus. If I'm self-centered, I have an inward focus. And the results of that self-centeredness leads to a lack of fruit. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 said, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. 
Better to give than receive. Or better to give than manipulate. Because all that is is manipulation. If I'm God-centered, I'm humble about self. If I'm self-centered, I'm proud about self. And in, in the results of that, God opposes. Be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's in 1 Peter 5 and 5. So if I'm God-centered, I boast of God. If I'm self-centered, I boast of myself. And where does that lead? Destruction. Proverbs 16 and 12 tell you pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 said, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Mm. It's so good to be in Christ. It's so good to rest in his bosom. It's so good to be in his arms. If I'm God-centered, I'm I'm striving and living a holy and godly life. If I'm self-centered, I'm selfish and worldly. And that results in a lack of God-love. 1 John 2 and 15 say, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. What do you love most? Show me your life and I'll show you your God. That's your idol. If I'm God-centered, I do what God wants. If I'm self-centered, I ask God to bless my plans. God ain't worried about what you got going on. Girl, please. But that results in death. That's failure. So there's a way that seems right to a man. But its end is the way of death, Proverbs 14 and 12. Everything has an end. You might be saying, well, why everybody, you know, these people rich, these people got this, this, and this, and they not living a godly life. They don't believe, oh, but the devil is a lie. God is not mocked. He will repay. <laughs> it's coming. So, you know, uh, we have to die daily to Christ. Um, Jesus told us that we must die to self and hate our life in the world in order to receive his honor. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servants will be also. If anyone serves me, him, my father, will own. So, you know, I, I just, it's, it's troubling, it's hurtful to see some things I don't understand, some things I look at, some of these women and things that they're saying I've saved on my phone for a different podcast time, you know, for a different subject. But I can tell you more and more that I hear, more and more that I see is more and more sickening. And, um, Lord, let us hate the things that you hate. Let us love the things that you love. Lord, let us see life through your lens. Help us to not be judgmental, but help us to be who you called us to be in this life. So if you are going to be what God called you to be, live that life. Because right now it hurts. It hurts me to even talk about this. Because we're not serious about God. We're not serious about you got to leave here. Did you just hear what I just said? It says you lose that life for eternal life. Oh, it's something after this. You're going to stand before that judgment seat. You got to tell him why. And then when he say, depart from me because I never knew you. I want to hear him say, well done. 
That's what I want, that good and faithful servant. I want to say that I tried, that I was trying to win souls to Christ, that I was trying to tell them about you to repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I was trying to tell these women, Lord, I tried to tell them. Now, one man plant, one man water, but God gives the increase. But I'm going to do my planting. What you do with the rest, whether I don't know how it'll fall, stony ground, good ground, wherever that ground fall. But Lord, help me, strengthen me to have the courage to tell them about you. I just want to be able to tell them about you. Because life is so much better on that side. I'd rather live life with him than without him. You know, people say I'd rather live as if as if there's a God to get there and it's not. But I lived a good life. I lived a life where I was fair, honest, and true. I lived a life where I was doing right by people. You got to think. You got to think about what's at the end. It's so much happening, y'all. So much going on in this world. So much. So many people are dying. And back in my time, you know, when you're over 50, I just had a birthday yesterday. Um, when you're over 50, you know, just the elderly were dying. Man, now the young people are dying in droves. It ain't the elderly. They, they outliving the kids to the young people. You're burying children now in mass numbers, just like mass incarceration, because they have no sense of, of, of God. It's what I want to do. YOLO, YOLO, you only live once. I'm going to live my life the way I'm living. I'm living my best life. Are you really? That bottle is your best life? That dope your best life? That stripper pole, is that your best life? Letting men just have your their way. That's that's your best life? That's what you got? Sitting at home on welfare and food stamps and having five and six, seven, eight, nine, ten kids. That's your best life? Having Pookie and Ray Ray sitting on top of you all day. That's your best life? Him using you, cheating on you with every other woman and you don't think nothing is wrong with it because, girl, I get mine. That's your best life? That's what you got? And then I know it's a disconnect because you about as silly as the day long. Yeah, you silly. There's nothing good in being used. There's nothing good in thinking you top notch on things like that. There is a better way. And, and, and Jesus is his name. No other name we know. A name above all names. It's the sweetest name we know. But I pray for you. I pray God change hearts and minds. Lord, I just pray that he save you. And we pray for the salvation of the lost. We pray for those that are hurting. We pray for those that are depressed and downtrodden. Lord, I pray that they find rest for their soul. We pray for those that are grieving loss. He's a healer. He's faithful. He's Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi. El Shalom, El Shaddai. He's our provider. Our healer, our way maker. There's nothing too hard for God. I pray you come to know him one day before it's too late. That's all I got for today. I pray everybody is well. And, I, and you know, I love you. So that's all I got for today until next Friday.